Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. On today's episode of the Bolts broadcast, the boys are off to a rough start post-All-Star break. Stay tuned. Season 4, episode 37 of the Bolts broadcast. Mike Mitchelson and Chase Grasha with you today. Chase, how are you on this lovely Wednesday evening? I'm doing well. Uh, you know, other than being a little tired this week, it just feels like an extra tiresome week for me for some reason. I don't know. I'm doing well. I'm excited for tomorrow, which is the new season of You, part one coming out. If you have not watched you, I highly recommend it. It's a great show. And this new season is going to be looking like it's going to be a little different than the other three. So I'm definitely looking forward to see how this turns. Totally forgot about that. Well, now you remember it tomorrow. Yeah, and I remember. I probably won't watch it tomorrow just because weeknights are always so busy. I get home, I change, and then I relax for probably about 30 minutes. And then it's like, oh, shit, it's already 7 o'clock. we got to start making dinner. By the time we make dinner, clean it all up, it's 8 o'clock, 8.30, and then it's just like, all right, I'm just going to go to bed at this point. So, but... You don't go to bed at 8.30, you know it. But, uh, depending on what we do this weekend, there's probably a good chance that... I'll at least take a peek for anyone that has watched you, or maybe even hasn't. Uh, I was a big fan of season one and season two. Was not excited for season three whatsoever. I watched season three. It was better than I expected. However, it it didn't thrill me. But I will say the whole change that is happening with season four has me a little bit more excited than coming into season three. So we'll see how it is. Yeah, you're, you're just a bit of a hater. So it's a little, it's a little annoying. But season four is, is definitely going to be a change of pace, which it, it, it'll be cool. Because uh, see, you know, season one was based off a book, and I think from there it's just been like they've been doing it how, how they wanted. There might have been another book that um, was loosely based. Season two and three were based off of, 
but season four is something completely new, not related to anything. I know that. So, well, related to the previous seasons of the show, I should say, but it's not based off a book or anything of that sort. So this is kind of them really just using their, their creative abilities. I think it's, it's going to be a good one. I'm, I'm always optimistic when it comes to the show just because of how much I love it. Yeah. I mean, how many times did I say it leading up to season three that I wasn't excited because it just felt like the same old crap. Now they're actually changing it up for season four. And, uh, Obviously, that's the reason why I've got a little bit of optimism for it. And um, what's what's the lead actor's name? Sorry, the P. Penn Badgley. Yeah, Penn Badgley. He's always great. So yeah, no, he he's, he plays his role extremely well. Yeah, love the monologues. They're great. They really yes, are. they are. Um, all right. Well, today's episode of the Bulls broadcast going to be doing a little game review, game preview, talk about some stuff surrounding the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Florida Panthers. Uh, not just the game, but some other news as well. Then after the commercial break, talk about some contract extensions, another trade that goes down, and then we're also going to be talking about a new lead for the NHLPA. So we'll start first with our big news with uh, the Florida Panthers. We've got two pieces here. Uh, one, and the first one we're going to talk about, not not a great light when it comes to the Tampa Bay Lightning um, kind of image. And, and unfortunately we're all going to get wrapped into it because of one dumbass fan that was at the game. Yeah. So I'm sure every single lightning fan has seen it at this point, but at the game, um, in Florida, there was like a weird fight between, you know, the really weird rat mascot that the Panthers have and a lightning fan. I'm going to be honest. When I first saw it, I was like, this is, this is horribly staged. This is really weird, but okay, whatever. And then they're saying that, no, this was not stage. We're going to look into this because this is Bush League. So that's really weird. I, I don't I don't know why someone would feel the need to do that. Like, at the end of the day, a mascot's just someone doing their job. Like, they're, they're just they're getting paid. They're not, you know, they're not doing anything to hurt anybody. They're, they're just doing their job just like everyone else is. And you're going to go and just attack them. Really doesn't make much sense to me. So, you know, it's, it's a bit of a black eye in the fandom of, of the Tampa Lightning. And it's a shame because people already think we're annoying because we've just been you know, three, you know, three straight Stanley Cup finals. So they just assume that Tampa Bay fans are annoying. So this is going to happen. Make us look worse. You know, don't bunch one into the rest. This is just stupid by him and really just kind of confusing. Yeah. And honestly, it kind of like enraged me a little bit when I was watching the video, because you can see the person that was inside the mascot, uh, was just trying to kind of get away and kind of stand out of whatever was happening there. And this Tampa Bay Lightning fan just kept going at him. And it's just annoying. This guy's trying to do his job. And you know that if he retaliates, he gets fired. Yep. So it, I felt so bad because they just got to get picked on and abused by some dumbass fan while they had to sit there and take it because if they did anything then kudos to them or uh, peace to them I should say but kudos to them for for you know just kind of taking it and uh really moving on from it because man I felt bad when watching it yeah agreed and you know I don't know what's going to happen from here are they going to figure out who the fan was I don't know but if they do, I'm sure he'll be banned from, uh, you know, from the arena. Like that's about all I can imagine. I don't really also like. I, I really be surprised if they find him too, just because, like, I, I don't know what information you're gonna have on him. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, let's talk about some brighter news, and that's because 
there's rumors of a potential Florida game, maybe a stadium series game next year. Yeah, speaking of the Florida Panthers and Tampa Lightning, it might be a little battle of the Sunshine State coming here uh, to uh, – I'll try this again. Jeez, coming here in 2024, but it's still yet to be confirmed. But Kevin Weeks kind of tweeted out a little bit of a rumor, and his stuff is not without merit. He's pretty well tied into NHL circles. So I would you know, have to assume that there's a legitimate possibility here, which would be interesting because we've seen how some of these outdoor games have gone in warmer weather. But I would love to see it work out because it, it's a cool dynamic. Uh, it, it's tough that these, you know, these southern teams really don't get to play in um, outdoor games just because they're not in colder markets. You know, it always goes to the Canadian teams and then you know the Boston's, the Detroit's, the, the Pittsburgh's, like those types of teams get to play in them more often. So it'll be cool if they can make this work out in Florida. It's gonna be tough. Like, where was it? And was it in LA or something? Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. it was in LA. Yeah, it's just like water basically. Mm-hmm. So. It, yeah, so that's, that's going to be something that they're going to have to combat, I'm sure. But if it works out, it's going to be very exciting. Yeah, I'm definitely a little nervous for the game, and uh, other people were as well. They remember that game that took place in L.A. a couple years back, and Nasher, I don't know if anyone's familiar with him, uh, one of the biggest NHL YouTubers out there. He's uh, been on some actual NHL stuff as well, some NHL programming. The guy's awesome. Well, he put out a tweet with a uh, roller rink that had slopes behind the goalies' nets, and it was all set on a beach. He said, if they can't get the ice going, then do something like this, which never going to be a thing, never going to be possible. But I think it would be cool as all hell to see NHL players playing roller hockey on a beach. So I'm pretty sure I've told you about this before. I might have even talked about it on the show. But that um, outdoor arena, that roller rink, is actually from what used to be a professional league in the 90s called the PBH. It was the Pro Beach Hockey. It was played out in California, if I'm not mistaken. And it was just, it was like, it was roller hockey with, with the, you know, a ramp behind the boards. So you could, you know, wrap around the puck differently. You can gain momentum by skating around the, around the net like that. And there was some decent former, you know, pros in there. Like, it wasn't, you know, Wayne Gretzky's, but there was guys that played pro hockey that played in, in that league, too. And it was very cool. It was on ESPN. Didn't last very long. But I, I would love to see that come back. And then if they ever did like an NHL type of style game with that, like that'd be super cool. Yeah, I mean, it just brings us shake up. That's something we've never seen before. And that's what these stadium series and uh, winter classics. Well, maybe not the winter classic because that is, you know, classics in the name there. You kind of want that downpour of snow, kind of like we saw between Toronto and Detroit. Man, that's probably a decade ago now. But... Wasn't it in 08 or something like that? I thought it was 14. Oh, no. the I think I think the Detroit-Chicago one might have been 08. Yeah, maybe. But, yeah, the one in Ann Arbor at uh, U of M's field was fantastic. But Stadium yeah. Series is, you know, just doing something new, doing something outside, and uh, I think roller hockey outside would be really cool. Oh, 100% of what? Are you, are you kidding me? No. Oh, okay. No, no, no. That's on me. That's on me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, All right, well, let's do a little game review, game preview. Uh, Unfortunately, the last two games haven't really gone our way. We mentioned Monday night going to be playing against the Florida Panthers and the All-Star Game MVP, Matt Kachuk. Sure enough, he kept it rolling as he had five points against the Tampa Bay Lightning and quite a blowout. 
What a shit game by Tampa. We we couldn't have looked any worse. You know that that horrible, unfortunate, also horrible. If I didn't mention that either, uh, Vasilevsky turnover that led to the empty net goal. Like just just embodiment of what that game was and what it was to come. It just everything went wrong. Nothing went right. They somehow found a way to squeak one in, and it, you know that, that's impressive based on how this is all going. Got to break the Bobrovsky shutout, but still played well while the whole Florida Panthers team was rolling, and we were just just kind of chilling really. I, I, you know, I, I just, it, it's disappointing, really. I, I thought this was gonna be a good game, a fun game, a game that Tampa would be able to, you know, come out with swing and maybe come out with a bit of a lead and maybe not have this type of game, but one where they ended up winning, and instead they got murdered. Yeah, just a frustrating game, and the Florida Panthers they were able to stay away from the Tampa sweep this season. That was our last game, and uh, sure enough, we were up two nothing. And they take that last one. But, you know, if we meet in playoffs, that uh, we're going to have the same results as we have always had with uh, Tampa over Florida. And at this point, I'm kind of rooting for it because leaving a 7-1 to one loss in my mouth, really not tasting too good. I want them back. It was Walmart at the end of the month, Mike. Oh, okay. Well, then never mind. <laughs> Oh, man, that's funny. Well, how am I supposed to know when, you know, the current schedule sits with us only playing our divisional teams like three times, maybe we'll get a fourth, you know? Yeah, it, it's it's terrible. It's really confusing, so it, it's fair. All right, well, let's now talk about the game against the San Jose Sharks. Another one that didn't go our way. This one was closer, but in the end, couldn't get away with two points. And, like, Here's the bitch of it. San Jose sucks. Yep. They only had 22 shots. We go to overtime. We lose the game. Uh, outplayed overall, I would say. I mean, I mean, definitely outshot. Brain point. Had a couple go in the net. Had it played really strong. And it, it just, I, 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 I don't know. Like it, it just, it's a very frustrating loss because that should have been all right. Two points moving on, but instead you drop one. At least you come out there with one, I guess. But. It, it you know it should have been just easy peasy lemon squeezy for you. I think this kind of shows where San Jose is as well. They only had four goals on the night. However, three points come from Timo Meyer. Three points come from Eric Carlson. Then you have Hurdle with two. Everyone else below that. So Carlson and Meyer are playing like superstars right now, and this team is not going to be a contender. This should be a haul. They should be getting hauls right now for Carlson and Meyer, but it's it's taken a little while. I feel like at this point you could have had some really good bidders. So coming up in the next week or two is when we're going to really start talking a lot more about deadline stuff, especially if there's no trades that happen in that span. We're going to be like, all right, you know, why is this year different? What's going to be happening? Because it is a bit different this year. You know, there's, there's often like one star level player that's available at the deadline. Sometimes gets moved, sometimes doesn't. But usually you see, you know, kind of what, what we did. You, you get a Barclay Gaudreau and, and give up, you know, a, a first-round draft pick. You, you see those types of trades where it's just, all right, one extra depth guy to help us stay healthy, uh, you know, get a little bit deeper, make that playoff push. Those are the type of trades you normally see. But now, we're, you know, we already saw Bo Horvat trade. You know, we've got Timo Meyer, who's almost certainly going to be traded. Like, we're seeing some more big names become available. So it's going to be a, a bit different. And he absolutely is going to get a haul. I would love to have him, you know, if, if we had the gap space, like 
I, I would ha- happily do it because there's not a single team in the league that wouldn't want him. He's an analytical darling this year. He's scoring a lot. They, you know, he's just playing at an elite level. So he, they're going to get a good return. They're certainly going to trade him. It's uh, just a matter of when. So it's going to be some fun discussions in the coming weeks, not just talking about him, but everybody else too. Yeah, you're getting me excited because we know another big name that's going to be out there as well. Whether he actually gets moved or not, he's definitely going to be in the trade rumors being Patty Kane, the longtime mainstay over in Chicago. Would love to see him get moved as well. And if that's the case where we see Meyer, Carlson, and Patty Kane all get moved, that's potentially the biggest NHL trade deadline in the history of the NHL. <laughs> Hundred percent. I mean, it, I I can't even like imagine Patrick Kane playing in a different sweater. It would be fun. It would be cool. I just it, it would be so weird. You know, such a foreign idea to me. You know, when I was younger, growing up, watching Patrick Kane dominate the league, it's like this guy's retiring a Blackhawk. But I really don't think he is. I, I think it's just inevitable that he ends up elsewhere, and it, it'll be cool to see what the return is and where he ends up going. So it, I think that maybe not every single one of these guys gets moved, but I think a good. A, good chunk have a real you know like a a real opportunity so it's exciting yeah definitely have the highest excitement for a trade deadline i've had in a couple of years so really looking forward to that but in uh, speaking of excitement i should say we've got two games coming up one tomorrow night thursday night uh that being against the colorado avalanche we know about the as very well they took us down in the stanley cup finals last year but what do we expect this time around it should be a good matchup um you know the problem is is the Colorado Avalanche are finally like healthier again the, they were banged up for quite some time this season and of course we grab them you know in a in a five six day span whatever it is where we got to play them twice and they're just kind of kind of back to health so gonna be a tough game but at the same time would we want want it any other way not have a good competition probably not I I, I think that really either team can come out with this one Colorado is going to start rolling here pretty quick. I think, you know, right, right now this is a good opportunity for them to prove that we're, we're, we're here. You know, I, I know we were injured, and but we won the cup last year. We're still here and we're ready to roll. So don't expect it to be an easy matchup, but it should be a hell of a game. Sure can be. And on Saturday at one o'clock, we've got yet another Stanley cup matchup between Tampa and Dallas. Obviously our bolts took that one. But Dallas, looking really strong, the strongest they have looked since their Stanley Cup appearance because right now they got Jason Robertson, who's really become a rock star. Yeah, and it's just funny because, you know, I had him as a first-round pick in his draft year, but no one listens to Chase. But anyway, um, he is having a hell of a year, and the Stars are just, you know, they're an overall solid roster. They've got a winning record pretty safely, and I think that they've got the chance, you know, to – Maybe make a bit of a, a realistic, you know, playoff run, especially with Jake Andre back there. He's having a hell of a year. He's a great goaltender. You know, finally, finally coming into his own, which is cool to see. It's again not going to be an easy opponent. I uh, played him once earlier in the year. It was a five-four overtime win. I expect a similar type of battle. You know, these next two games are going to be tough ones, but they're going to be fun hockey to watch. You know, it, it's really going to come down to how much you can limit Jason Robertson and, you know, kind of what Rupe Hintz decides he wants to do that day because he's also pretty gross. Yeah, there's two hockey games you're going to be want to watching on Thursday and Saturday. It's going to be Tampa because these two matchups are going to be fantastic, going to be really exciting to watch, and hopefully Tampa can start building towards another winning streak. We've known they've gone on 
quite a few during this season. None of them have really been long-sustaining win streaks, but hey, if we can get rolling at the right time, take it into the playoffs, that would absolutely be huge. But we're going to go to a quick commercial break on the other side of the commercial break, talk about some contract extensions, another trade, and some news about the NHL PA office. Are you ready for the biggest Sunday in sports? The DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 57, has all the Super Bowl action you need. New customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, all customers can get in on Super Bowl 57 excitement with DraftKings Happy Hour Super Boost. My pick this year is the Philadelphia Eagles. Plus, I'm looking at a first touchdown from Dallas Goddard. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code THPN. New customers can bet just $5 on Super Bowl 57 and get 200 in bonus bets instantly. Only at the DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. This time of year, everyone's talking about making big changes, which is all well and good, but most of the time, pretty unrealistic. I've actually found that the smallest changes to your routine can make the biggest impact. In the same way, you don't have to break the bank to make a big deal purchase. Even the smallest things can be part of a big change if it's something you use every day. Like my Raycons. Raycon is premium audio at the perfect price point, so you can build great habits without breaking the bank. I'm trying to be healthier with a daily walk during my lunch break. The best part about it? using my Raycon earbuds so I can get away from the work scene and just hop into my workout. Whether you're looking for a pair of everyday earbuds, low-latency gaming headphones, or a speaker with a battery that will last all night at your next party, Raycon's got you covered. And yep, Raycons start at half the price of other premium audio brands. So you don't even have to choose between products. You can get one of each or a pair and a spare. And still... Pay less than what you would with some of the other guys. Even if you know you'll love Raycon as much as I do, Raycon wants to make sure you feel great about your purchase. They offer buy now, pay later options. Every purchase has an easy and free return guaranteed. My favorite part about Raycons are the noise isolation, awareness modes, and their crystal clear call quality. Ready to buy something small with a big impact? Go to buyraycon.com slash THPN today to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to score 15% off. Buyraycon.com slash THPN. Shout out to our friends over at DraftKings and Raycon. Thanks so much for sponsoring the show. Chase, I'm sure you saw last night LeBron James becoming number one and points scored in the NBA. Uh, I'm sure there is probably a bet on the DraftKings Sportsbook about that somewhere, or maybe they thought it'd be too much money they'd be giving out because they knew LeBron would hit it. Did you see anything like that, or were you not really perusing basketball because, you know, basketball kind of like the fourth or fifth best sport in America? Yeah, I didn't really look. Um, I'm sure I, there, there was probably – an over underline set at what he needed to hit. So uh, I'm sure that was there. Maybe not a prop for him necessarily to break the record, but I I, I didn't even bother looking. Maybe I should have. I, I'm going to be honest, though. I didn't really know that he was, like, 
at at this point, you know, up for this, you know, like I, or how do I want to word this? Uh, near approaching this, that's that's the word I'm looking for. Easy for me to say. Hey, I didn't even know he was approaching this mark until he broke it. I was I had absolutely zero idea. So that's how out of tune I am with basketball. Did you see what went down after he broke the record? I did not. There was just a massive delay in the game, and he was just kind of like standing still. And the media just rushed the court and just started taking pictures of him. I'm thinking, is this not a sport anymore? What is happening? Like this just this just seems like entertainment, not an actual sport. Because could you imagine if Ovechkin, when he breaks Gretzky's record, they just halt play for like 20 minutes? Just uh, media, come on, get on the ice, let's go. We need pictures. Yeah, no, that that would be really weird, annoying, and horrible. I I think I think that that. That shit's just so stupid. That makes no sense. Yeah, I didn't actually watch the game, but I saw people uh, have some outrage on Twitter, and then I also saw a couple of clips of it too, and I'm just thinking, why? Like, I get it. LeBron James is one of the top three players in NBA history. If you don't think he is the GOAT, he's definitely up there, but it's still a sport. There's still competition going on. Why... Why are we halting the game because he broke a record? Do you not think that you have availability to him afterwards? Because I guarantee you do. So I yeah, know. yeah, you know that, that's very fair. Um, and you know the funny, especially them stopping the game. The funny thing it was, all it did was delay the inevitable of them losing because they lost the game. <laughs> that that's so LeBron Lakers. That is so LeBron Lakers. I know, dude. It, it's it's so funny. All right, well, let's talk about some contract extensions around the league. We've got two big ones to talk about. We'll start with Bo Horvat. Of course, we did our episode on Sunday, talked about the Bo Horvat trade, and about three hours after we finished recording and uploading, we got the notification, oh, Bo Bo Horvat gets extended. Yeah, and it was, as Lou Lamarillo perfectly put it, too long for too much money. As Bo Horvat gets an eight-year, eight and a half billion dollar contract, I listen. I think Bo Horvat's a good player. I think he is a very reliable number two center. I'd be happy to have him as a number two on most teams. I don't think he is an eight and a half million dollar player. I think that's more reserved for like first line, you know, scoring level wingers to to get that. Not necessarily your top scorer, but someone that can complement your first line. I think that's more fitting for that. The number two center is someone, you know, I pay six and a half million dollars to. It's a lot of money. They, they trade a lot. They're paying him a lot of money. Maybe hoping he's going to be their number one. I don't know. If so, that that's just a mistake because it, it, that's just that's just not him. It, it really drives me nuts how much, you know, I, I don't want to say mediocrity, but that, that's kind of the best term I can think of. You know, like solid players get overpaid so much because the people are, you know, teams are so worried that that they're going to leave and inside it kind of pigeonholes them. It, not just NHL, but like every sport, it just kind of pigeonholes them or I shouldn't say every sport baseball. There's no cap. It doesn't matter, but these other sports it pigeonholes them and they just kind of, you know, they, they overpay and can't get out of it. I think the Islanders did a kind of similar thing here. Hopefully it works out for them, but I, I, I don't know. I'm not too optimistic. That feels so Islanders to me because I agree with you. Bo Horvat would be a fantastic second line center on most teams, but for that contract, not loving it. And we talked about it. I think it was only a month or two ago. We talked about if for some reason we were able to find a way to bring Bo Horvat to Tampa, 
That would be fantastic. Not sure that would ever be possible, but it would be awesome. Now looking at the trade assets that the Islanders gave up and the money, so happy that didn't happen. But yeah. when you look at the Islanders overall, they got Anders Lee for $7 million, Brock Nelson for $6 million, Josh Bailey for $5 million, J.G. Pajot, $5 million, Kyle Palmieri, $5 million. None of these guys scream superstar to me. None of these guys scream seven, six, five million dollar players. Definitely not. And you know, lose lose an all time GM. He he had a lot of success in the past, but that's something that he seems to struggle with, especially nowadays. Um, it's something that you do kind of see with with older GMs. Like look at Ken Holland, for example. They are used to no salary cap. It's whatever their their owners could provide them. So they go ahead and they can spend what they want. And now that we've gotten to this point, you know, those older ones are still sticking around. They don't have the best teams. They don't have, you know, the best depth because they're paying so much to, you know, a couple of higher end guys or they're paying so much to guys that don't deserve it. And you can't add to it. Like, just look at Edmonton. You have Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, and you still can't really do anything with it. Like, it, it's it, a changing of the guard really needs to happen. We're starting to see it more often in sports, and it, it's maybe going to start happening in hockey a little more. I don't know. Still a bit of an old boys club, but eventually you know, it's got to shift because this old way of thinking, it's going to just really hold the Islanders back. And my favorite part is I don't feel bad about it whatsoever. I mean, everyone who's been listening for a while, you know what I think about the Islanders. And, hey, if they're going to put their own team through cap hell, it is what it is. All right, Dylan Cousins, he gets a big-time extension. Not a lot of ice time for this young kid, but the Sabres have seen enough. They said we're all in. Give him a seven-year deal. So I'm going to give the Sabres benefit of the doubt on this one because right now they're kind of two for two on these deals from the last couple of years. Um, You know, if if you look at Samuelson and Tage Thompson, what they've done, they signed them to long-term contracts with hope of, all right, let's see if you, what you can keep doing. And it's worked out pretty well for them. And it's no different here at Dylan Cousins. He's having a great year, uh, 43 points, 49 games right now. And they're, they're going to say, all right, we're, we're going to trust that you're going to keep doing it. Uh, here's his money. Hopefully it works out. And it, they, you know, Kevin Adams has really done a good job over there so far with being able to retain these assets at fair prices. And especially if Dylan Cousins keeps going up, because at the end of the day, he's only a 21-year-old. And he's producing like this. You can expect that he's going to continue going up. This is a deal that makes more sense. You know, compare this to Bo Horvat, I'd rather take the shot on Dylan Cousins. And if it doesn't work out, yeah, it sucks, obviously. But as of right now, I mean... It's only looking like it's trending upwards, and I gotta admit, it's a little wrong in Dylan Cousins. Oh, because this is one guy I was not <laughs> a big fan of in the draft process. I thought, you know, all right, he'll, he, he's got a real chance to be a solid NHLer, you know, middle six guy, maybe not some pure score, but fifty points a game, and that's respectable. Like I, I think that can be him. Well, I mean, he's seven points away from that with only forty nine games. He's on pace for seventy one. He's twenty one years old. So I got a feeling he's going to continue to be better than that. And Jay Fresh put it pretty simply. Um, when you look at Dylan Cousins' war, it's not fantastic at 49%, but obviously the scoring is there thus far. He said, Dylan Cousins, a young second-line forward whose development so far has gone in the right direction. And yeah. that's what Buffalo's been banking on. Chase, you talked about the two prior contracts. They saw direction or progress in the right direction and decided – we're going to lock these guys up. They continued to excel. They're hoping for the same with Dylan Cousins. Yeah, and you know, he, I think he will at least, at this point, be 
like a good second line player. Um, even if he doesn't become a first line guy, if he stays like where he is right now, it's still fine value um, for a younger player because there's always still the hope he can figure it out. Whereas you know an older player, not the Horvat's like ancient, but he still is older. Where like that contract. The end, he's only going to be declining. Where the end of Dylan Cousins, he's still going to be higher up in his game. Absolutely. All right, Chase. Well, let's talk about a big trade that went down. This between the two S teams that also have to do with water. Yeah. Okay. Um, See that? The, yeah. See that? Sure. The San, the San Jose Sharks and the Seattle Kraken engage in a just whopper of a trade, where Jacob Bagnos heading to Seattle in return for a 2023 fourth round pick. So this is a trade. Yeah, it is. That it. Yep. And assets were exchanged. Indeed. Yeah. Exquisite, exquisite analysis. You know that. That's why they pay me the big bucks. True. I, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm just, I'm just him when it comes to analysis. Him. You are him. Oh, I definitely am him. But uh, you know, in reality, Jacob Magno's a, a solid. NHL, you know, depth level guy. So if you got injuries, he can go in and be all right. He's played quite a few games already this year. Um, he's on pace to play a full season, but to me, he's more of a guy where if he's on a good roster, he's a six, seven. So he's gonna, you know, he's gonna be fine for what Seattle needs. I think he'll kind of play that six role. And as long as he plays that six role, then, you know, it's fine. And we're really hoping for some more exciting trades coming in the next couple of weeks. And, I've got a good feeling that we might get at least one. That'd be pretty nifty. All right. Well, let's finally talk about the NHLPA. So the NHLPA has found its replacement for Don Fair, who was you know the uh, executive director of the NHLPA for many years. Or ish, I should say. It appears they found him. Um, I don't know if it's been official yet. If, if anything's been signed. But the U.S. Labor Secretary, Marty Walsh, is expected to leave the Biden administration and join the NHLPA as the executive director. So, I'm going to be honest, I know nothing about this guy. I know this position, it's really just about representation and, you know, it's it's more of, you know, like, like legal-based type stuff. So, it you know, it, it makes sense overall. It's like, it's like labor laws. So, it makes sense overall that this transition is happening. Um uh, I, I really wish I, you know, could comment more on him, know, knowing the guy a bit more. But it's good that that the players are at least getting some representation that they trust. Hopefully, this works out. Hopefully, this leads to no more lockouts in the future. Because really, at the end of the day, that's what we want. Yeah, and I just looked him up. He went to Boston College, which we know Boston College, big hockey school. And I got to say, what an upgrade to go from politics to the NHL. Whew. That's quite the upgrade. Oh yeah, it's w- way better because you know I'm I'm not someone who just well you know I, I'm not big into politics. I just kind of live my life. I'm not gonna sit there and watch Fox News or CNN for hours and hours and hours. So whatever. So whenever I can see someone get into the sports spectrum and you know leave such a divided, uh, like you know a divided front where mm-hmm. yeah sports are divided, but at the end of the day it's still unified because you still bond over the love of the game. Um, it's it's cool to to kind of see that jump. Chase, why? I don't know what. I just scrolled down to the hockey name of the day. <laughs> we're, doing, we're doing hockey name of the day now. I don't know how to say this. Uh, Muhammad Martin. Oh my gosh, what is 
there's like 20 letters in the last name. I'm I'm not good at names in general, but when you're going to give me someone who's got 40 letters in their whole name, that's that's even harder. Yeah. Muhammad Martin Gahaha Zadeh Mabadi. I'm going to leave it so, at that. Muhammad Martin, you know, pretty similar to what you got. Okay, solid. And I couldn't really find a good pronunciation for the last name, so we are going to just kind of work through this together. So I'm good. Oh, oh, okay. All right. Uh, yeah, so yeah, yeah, Gahar Zad Mahabadi. So let's say that fast. I yeah, can't. Yeah, say it fast. <laughs> All right. Um. So let's let's see. Gahar Gahar Zad Mahabadi. <laughs> I mean, closest we're gonna get. Closest we're gonna get. I'll yeah. Take it. Yeah. That, you know. I, I, you know what, Chase? You deserve I, this. It's, you deserve it's this. Tough. Nice job. Nice job. Oh, thank you. It's very kind. Yeah. So th- this gentleman is a 2004-born Iranian hockey player playing in the Iranian Pro League. Um, I- Iranian, probably not Iranian. He's played internationally for them already um, at the World Championship level. He's slated to play on the World Championship roster. Again, I'm sure. Um, not really much for stats on this page. And you know, I, I, it's, it's a, it's a tough language. Um, you know, it's hard to pronounce these names that you know we're, we're just not familiar with in, in the United States. I know there's, you know, there's plenty of people from all, you know, all walks of life here in the United States. Um, but more often, you see people use the shorthand versions of these names. So seeing, you know, the more longhand version, you know, the, the actual name, it's, it's definitely a bit of a shock and very hard to pronounce. I hope he goes pro because I so badly want to hear this every single night. That would be awesome. I mean, if if he turned into like a NHL pro player, this would be the outlier of all outliers, as he's currently playing in Iran. Well, we didn't think. Uh, who who's the guy on Montreal right now? Armor Jack. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we did not think he was going to be in the NHL. No, I couldn't believe he was in the OHL when I watched him. <laughs> well, there you have it, folks. We might have Muhammad Martin in in the league. We'll see. Yeah. I just clicked on Arbor Jack guys, um, elite prospects page and all has their AKA. Um, so like if their name's spelled differently elsewhere or whatever, or if they have like a full name. So like, like Jack Johnson's, you know, his AKA is John Johnson, John Johnson, since that's his real name. Arbor Jack guys is just Arbor Wi-Fi because that's what his nickname is. Nice. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's asset nine. All, all right. right. Well, that's going to do it for the show. I want to thank you so much for coming out and giving it a listen. Chase, if we could hit him with an outro. As always, we'd like to thank you guys for listening. If you want to follow us on Twitter at what's our Twitter account? Bolts Broadcast. Wow, yeah. that, that was a yeah. blank of ch- by Chase. At Bolts Broadcast, it's at Bolts Broadcast. You can follow the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. That's at HockeyPodNet. While you're at it, go follow WNP on Twitter at WNP Sports Pod. That's WNP Sports Pod. Make sure you go to the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. You can find all the podcast network right there. Boom, click the logo. Listen, easy peasy, lemon squeezy. Wherever you're listening, raise five stars, send your questions, comments, concerns. Don't forget to support our friends over at DraftKings and Raycon. Thanks so much for stopping by. We'll talk to you next time.